Hey everybody, it's Ryan from Pi Records, and I'm here with Ferenc from Frankie and the Pool Boys and Poyo Del Mar. How are you, Ferenc? All right, all right, Ryan. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm so excited to, to talk to you about this music. Uh, I I love a lot of chords and surf music, and and uh, you use that to your advantage because you have a unique sound. Um, you want to you want to talk about maybe your influences to start off? Yeah. Did you say uh, there's a lot of chords in surf music? No, I like the I, chords. I, didn't hear you. I like the chords that you use in the surf. In, in your oh, surf. you like the chords that I use? Yeah, I, I like a lot of chords. Um, some bands only use three. I'll, I tend to use a lot more. <laughs> yeah, probably too much. Probably to my detriment. Um, gets a little complicated sometimes. But um, when I was uh, when I was learning how to be a songwriter, uh, I just I, I come I come more from the melody. I try and write really good melodies, and the melodies lead to the chords. So that's why uh, that's why there's a lot of chords in my music. Um, yeah, people like uh, like Burt Bacharach and uh, Brian Wilson. Those are kind of those are people who who had some influence on me early on, and they really they really just found they they followed wherever the music took them rather than like starting out with like, we're gonna do this three chord rock and roll. They just let it go and followed their own path. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really great sound. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of its own unique thing. Uh, the Pool Boys and Pollo Del Mar, they, they just, uh, they're different bands, but I can tell you're in them, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I was, uh, I'm the primary songwriter for both bands. I like to think that the two bands are, are pretty different. Um, but yeah, at the core, it's, it's, it comes out of my songwriting. Poyo um, Del Mar was much more of, a, came, the sounds come, came much more from the guys that I was playing with. And it's much more of a group thing where I can bring in the song and they'll just do whatever the hell they want with it. And Frankie and the Pool Boys, I'm much more the architect of the sound. Like I really want to channel Booker T or uh, I don't know Frankie Valley or whoever. You know, just I want to I want to explore that sound. So that's why that's the big difference between the two bands. Um, both both ways seem very liberating. Would you would you say? Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, music is great. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're. It doesn't matter whether you're just listening to it or you're playing it or whatever. But as long as as long as there's music involved, uh, it's going to be a good time. If if uh, I think if uh, if you're if you're doing music and you're not enjoying it, then you're really fucking up. You're really doing something wrong. <laughs> totally. So, uh, Frankie and the Pool Boys. Um, you have a bunch of stuff out, but you have some cool stuff coming up. You want to you want to talk about um, what's going on with High Tide and Double Crown? Yeah. Well, um, the first thing is so our, our first three CDs sold out, which was the first one was self titled. The second one was The Adventures of Captain Coconuts, and the third one is uh, Spin the Bottle. And so they all sold out right around the same time, and I I didn't really know it. 
And then I was talking to Sean at Double Crown about whether we should re-release or, you know, repress them all or, or just the idea of an anthology came up. And so um, we picked a, uh, we picked 27 songs. So there's 23 songs off the records and then four new songs. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, so it, it's a, uh, uh, can I do this for a sec? Let's see. Oh, no, I can't do that. Okay, never mind. I was going to show you the, uh, I was going to show you the album cover for it. Anyway, I'll just, I'll tell you about it. The, uh, so the new songs are, they're not like leftovers. They're new. There were songs that were actually recorded fairly recently after our Mexico tour, except for um, there's a live version of the Surf Coaster song, Dreams, which features Naotaka Seki of the Surf Coasters playing drums. So I really wanted him to be on that record because he's, he's a good friend and uh, he, he actually did a couple tours with us already in America. So I wanted him to be on the album too. That's awesome. And then, uh, yeah. And then while we were in, when we were in Mexico, which seems like a lifetime ago, uh, but it was, it was December, 2019, we rehearsed a bunch of songs and then we recorded them right after we got home in January. And then of course the shutdown happened. So nothing really happened with them, but um, so they're new songs, which were probably going to be for a new album, but they ended up being here. Anyway, that's the compilation. It's going to be called The Wet Season, and it should be out within six weeks. I'm just finishing up the artwork. We have new artwork by Fred Lammers, um, who's been doing our stuff for years. And um, actually, it's old stuff. I have to be very careful because Fred doesn't do, um, he's not doing any new, new artwork. He's only doing uh, non-representational artwork, you know, abstract. Okay, anyway, <laughs> long story. I can take a short story and make it really long. And then um, uh, I signed a four song deal with um, High Tide Recordings. Just uh, Vincent and Magdalena just wanted like four songs just to try and to release them online. They're not slated for vinyl or an album yet. We'll see what happens with that. But that's a, that's a whole new relationship. We're, we're seeing how it goes. But the first song from them, which is called Percolator is going to be coming out i think within a month okay and it's a very it's a real it's a real trad surf song it's like when i that's like one of the styles i love to do is just the real super trad style so that'll be coming out within a month so um and that's, then, that's very cool you've got a lot going on yeah and and yeah there's more and of course i'm writing new stuff for the band and we have i have eight new songs ready as soon as we can get together and rehearse we're going to start rehearsing again soon have you been uh, exchanging demos back and forth, like remotely? Yeah, yeah. You know, I just, uh, I just, I come, up, I usually come up with a pretty raw little demo and then just uh, send it to the guys, and you know, we'll come together and 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 hash it out. Um, I love that that concept of of uh, a raw demo, and then the feeling you must get when you when you get back the, their tracks on top of it. It, it must be pretty exciting for you. Well, we don't usually, um, we don't usually, I don't usually s send them to other people to put stuff on top. They usually just listen to it. And then when we come together, we, that's where, that's where the, the stew starts to brew. And uh, yeah, it's more like, it's more like an outline. And I kind of purposely make my, my demos really shitty. So I don't get attached to them. Sometimes 
I've made demos and it's like, oh, you know, this has just got to be it. But then, you know, then you don't leave any room for other people to have input. Uh, and also it's like, and then I get frustrated because it doesn't sound like the demo. So I try not to, uh, I try not to put too much into the demo. So uh, that's great news on that front. On uh, Pollo Del Mar, um, that's that's another uh, it's another great band. Uh, I love yeah. I love the the mellow the mellow atmosphere. Um, I believe Hall of the Mountain King was on one of the records. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really a... I really dug it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Point Almar is, you know, I started it in uh, with my friend Jono and, and uh, then soon afterwards, a couple other friends of ours joined up, um, Jeff Turner and Jeremy Rexford. And we've really been playing together since 90, 95. And um, it really is, it's a, it's, it, there's a lot more collaboration and a lot more like slugging stuff out and this and that going back and forth in the music. And, uh, but our last album came out in 2004, uh, I think on music recordings. And um, so we have a, we had a long time in between, in between then and now. And, and we took probably seven years off from playing together live. And uh, so for us uh, with the shutdown, it was uh, really just a question of, um, could we could we get together and practice? You know, we, we had nothing else going on. Nobody did. So uh, we just decided we were going to practice. And in my basement, I could open up sliding glass doors and we put some big fans and we're wearing masks. And uh, last August, we got together and we recorded um, we recorded 10 songs for a new album. And wow. it's finished. It's finished. It's mixed. And what I'm trying to uh, just, you know, get it get it done um i'm looking for an artist who can do like real psychedelic you know not not like digital psychedelic but like real psychedelic and i haven't really found the right artist for the cover yet so we're working on that but that is going to come out on music recordings too and so hopefully that'll be out by you know summer it takes a long time to make vinyl these days it takes four four or five months yeah right to, yeah. Actually, to get your vinyl so so you do you prefer putting it out on vinyl? Uh, you know, I always regret that, that we didn't put everything out on vinyl. Um, and now it's really coming back where the, you know, like the albums that did come out on vinyl, even in the, in the late 90s and early 2000s are really sought after. Um, yeah, I, I prefer the sound of vinyl. I don't really even have a CD player anymore. I had to buy a... I had to buy a little, you know, single rack CD player because my own one crapped out. And I obviously I got a bunch of CDs over there and I got a bunch of albums and stuff. So yeah, I, I like vinyl. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's better. And these days with, with digital downloading, people don't really seem to buy CDs very much. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So before we get into the, the, the last part, I want to talk about your, your fuzz rock band. Um, oh, I, I loved that traditional, like big fuzz sound. And I was really interested to hear about that. 
So, uh, yeah, I play in a band called The Ific, uh, which is uh, it's led by a guy named Jeff Jewhurst and uh, Chris Stark on drums. And we had Shane from the Bomboras on bass, but has, Shane has moved on now that the Bomboras are getting busier again. And, uh, but it's a, we're, we're recording uh, an album of Jeff's songs. And uh, yeah, it's fuzzy. I mean, he's, Jeff is a fuzz guru. He's got all of the fuzzes on the floor there. And uh, it's made me uh, bring out my fuzzes. And for me, it's a big, it's a big change. I don't play Stratocasters, which I, I, or my jazz master in this band. I play a Les Paul Jr. And so it really goes way back for me because, because like, you know, punk rock is my first love. Uh, oh. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I mean. I love to hear uh, that. Yeah, uh, I spent a long time in surf music. I've been playing surf music since 1989. So it's it's great, you know, just to have a, a Les Paul Jr. plugged straight into the amp or maybe with a little fuzz and just, you know, kind of tear it up. Awesome. Uh, something yeah. really interesting you mentioned to me for the interview was you have a, a, a column in the Continental. I love that, that zine so much. I think Sean does such a such a great service to uh the music scene uh bands yeah. and fans and i i think the comp that he puts out with it is wonderful um it's just a really great idea do you want to talk about your your calm and your connection to sean and uh the continental yeah you know i love i love the continental he's he's on issue 30 now and he had a, and before it was the Continental, it was something, it was something else. I'd have to, yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, what was it called? I don't know. I have it on the shelf right over there. <laughs> but yeah, he's been, poly, you know, and it's just great. And uh, just the reviews, like sometimes there'd be like, like 60 reviews in the, in the magazine and articles. And, and uh, he doesn't publish digitally. It really is a zine. So you have to get it, and you know, and I like the tactile. Like you feel, you know, just reading and yeah. and putting on the CD, listening to the music while you're reading it, and the interviews. So about a year and a half ago, I I said to Sean, uh, I would like to I'd like to write. I was already like writing reviews and publishing them on my my little blog, which nobody would ever read. I mean, you know nobody knows how to find my blog. And so I sent them over to him and he started publishing it. And so now I just start, I, I, re, I review exclusively for him. And what I wanted to do was not just give a, like a short review, but really, really dig into the music, you know, almost like almost song by song and talk about, you know, what, just like the emotions that it, it makes me feel, you know, just like try to give it a real review rather than just like, here's the new album from so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, so it's been a lot of fun. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of emotional depth in surf music, even without the lyrics. Actually, I, I think there's more emotional depth in instrumental music than in lyric music. So I wanted to talk about that. And you know, I just finished reviewing uh, the new Lay Agamemnon's album which i highly recommend it's unbelievable but i, I think i wrote like 600 words for it i was like okay <laughs> gotta stop at some point um yeah so i'm really happy that sean sean uh reviews and now i, I get to do a, a, a do uh 
some interviews and I did, I interviewed Los Freneticos and um, I don't know, I can't remember because I'm old <laughs> and like stuff. Because there's so many. But yeah, but it's been great. Yeah, but, but I, I look forward to, uh, I look forward to working with Sean a lot more. That's and great. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how you could be, I don't know how you could be a fan in the surf music world and not get the, the Continental. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's all it's almost like I don't want to say it's almost like news. It's like a newspaper for surf, like traditional, yeah. traditional in that way. But everything that's going on is happening in that magazine. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it has a sort of uh, a, a, a timeless quality to it because it's printed like, you know, on Facebook or whatever, when you hear about something, it just it just blips and goes by and uh, just no clue as to, you know, you're like, oh, I think I remember something about something. And, um, but, you know, the magazine is forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um your, your writing style and your playing style um who would you say i know it's a a question that probably gets asked a lot but who are your your uh, inspirations your influences uh when you writing and playing wise um i was influenced a lot early on by my older brother who is, he's a little bit older than me he's about 13 years older than me and he, he taught me how to play guitar, but like I never really had any lessons. So I just kind of figured stuff out on my own. So like my biggest in, inspiration when I was younger were, um, was Jeff Beck with the Yardbirds. I was crazy about the early Yardbirds records once I found them. I mean, before that, it was, it, it kind of, things took me there, but like Cheap Trick, just love that band. And I still, I still love them and I love how uh, I love this. I love how they have songs, you know. And I'm not. I'm not really into jams and just noodling. I like songs that where the melody weaves places. So uh, anyway, I would just. I have to say Jeff Beck uh, with the Yardbirds, um, Rick Nielsen with Cheap Trick. Um, God, after that, it's so many. Uh, um, Peter Buck with REM. Just kind of when growing up in Florida and uh, uh, REM was so huge down there, like just like the college, early college radio sound, their first couple records. Um, so like when every time I do a, a drone that has the high E uh, string open, it's always, it's always Pete Buck. And I, I think, and I think it, it shows up in every song. Um, uh, I love the ventures, like the psychedelic kind of era of the ventures um, when they were stretching out, and which led me to like Aleki, Japanese Aleki music. Um, I love the Beach Boys, um, especially like the Brian Wilson indulgences. Uh, did you, know, did, you, did, you did you like the smile? album when it came out did you, did you... oh yeah yeah absolutely definitely you know it was so great it was so great to hear that and and you know you, we all had like those compilation records where they like had little bits and pieces and tried to put it together over the years but to have that uh 
in one place was absolutely fantastic. And, and I've seen uh, I've seen Brian Wilson live probably I don't know six times since 1999, and I really always enjoy the shows. And I've, so yeah, I've seen the Pet Sounds and the Smile tours and yeah, whatever else. Yeah, he had a really always, big did a what? He had a really big group for the for the tour. I understand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it was the Wonderments, right? And uh, and with with many more people. But yeah, you know, last time I saw him, he really he didn't really hardly play or sing. It was just he stood in the middle of the of the stage, and all this music happened around him, and he just kind of like had his head back and was just like like he was listening to the perfect recording. It was it was quite touching and quite beautiful. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know, like if he's actively actively involved as a band leader but uh the music the music really shown and, and the love that the band has for the for him is quite obvious they were trying to make the music to please him well, it's also a great tour because the zombies were opening oh wow yeah that's great so as far as the beach boys go they started with like uh like that drag race kind of muscle car sound and do you, do you think that um, that came straight out of the, the, the Dick Dale style? Um, or, or do you think that they were trying to do a different version of Surf because it was vocals? Or how, how do you make that connection between those two? Or is there a connection? No, I think there's definitely a connection. I, I, I don't think either of them started it. I mean, and this is just my opinion. I mean, it's not, not a very good opinion, but you know, it's, it's just teenage culture. It's just whatever. If, if it wasn't those those guys, it would have been somebody else figuring out like this is what teenagers want to hear. And I think I think you know, I mean, I think it's been stated that you know, with rock and roll, it was like they finally realized that teenagers were buying things, and uh, and so maybe they should market towards teenagers, whether it's a hula hoop or you know whatever else a kid wants. So singing songs about cars is you're going to get have a lot more sales than if you're singing songs about I don't know dishwashers or something. <laughs> so yeah, so whether so whether Dick Dale did it or and, and I and I think Dick he kind of like groped around looking for subject matters, right? I mean he was a country yeah. and western singer and yeah, so he was he was looking for the next fit. He would have happily been Elvis if he could have done that, but he ended up being Dick Dale. And the same thing, I think, with uh, you know, with Brian, and I, to Brian's like Dennis, what's what? What are the kids talking about? You know, on the beach because Dennis was the real connection to the to the beach, so that's where that, that came on. Anyway, it would have happened with or without any of them. It was just, it was just the culture. It's uh, it's so it's so cool um, that that time in the '60s. Uh, I wasn't born yet. But my dad has all the had all the records because he was a DJ, and they were all at my disposal. I could I could listen to them all, and and uh, you know, God only knows, um, you, you know, Misery Lou, like like out of these that you didn't wouldn't think are on a top forty station. My dad had those, um, yeah, and and it was it was great to pull those out and hear something different. Yeah, I, I was very similar. I think I think a lot of people had that, that like older brother, or in your case, your dad. I, I had one older brother who just gave me a stack of forty fives, you know. 
And I didn't really have a clue about him. I just sat there with my little, you know, open, my little turntable, you know, like listening to him, like, okay, I like this one, I like that one. And so like some of the songs, uh, they're like really touch, like uh, I did a version of Walk Away Renee, uh, surf style, just because like that song has always stuck with me since, since I was, you know, had the 45 when I was a little kid. How, uh, uh, I, I asked this question a couple of times to a couple of different people, but uh, what did you think of Brian Setzer's version of Sleepwalk? Oh, I think, yeah, I, I can't say that, I, that I've, that I've specifically heard it. Um, well, what era would, I mean, he's, he's an amazing guitar player, so I'm sure he did a great, a great version of it. Was it, was it wildly different than uh, uh, that song? It, it's, it's, um, much more involved. <laughs> it it was uh it was with his orchestra and it was so good. Uh, uh, the original version was my wedding song, so I have a special connection. It was always my favorite nice. song. My whole life, no matter what I listened to, that was always my favorite song. Uh-huh. I've played it, I've played that song at weddings myself. So I'm happy to hear that uh that it's that it's your song. Yeah, it's a beautiful song and and, and and I could see it leading to orchestrations because it's uh, it's a beautiful melody and it has some interesting chords and that's really all you need. A talented arranger can just take that and and build on it. I will have to check out Brian Setzer's version. Yeah, it's about twenty years old now. Um, I I, I want to say that album or that song won a Grammy. I'm not sure, but that album was pretty big for him. Yeah, that one with the orchestra, the big band, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, my favorite Brian Setzer, Setzer uh, album is one after he left the Stray Cats and he he tried doing kind of just like a straight ahead rock yeah. uh, album. And I'd have to pull it out. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like, it was just like a, it was just a great rock album with like seriously twangy sound. So he was doing, it was, you know, it was like Americana, but he was, he was doing that when, at a time when it wasn't popular. Was that the uh, song uh, "The Knife Feels Like Justice"? Uh, maybe, maybe. Because I, re I, I remember that time. Yeah, I have to pull out the album. I really haven't listened to it, but I remember getting it in about 1986, thinking yeah. like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting." You know, the Stray Cats had just broken up, and yeah, it's just—I don't know. He's—I think he's leaning against the Cadillac, you know, just looking American. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, is there, uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. Is there anything we left out that you might want to talk about? I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I am excited to get the Poet on Mar record and, and I am excited to be, to be working with music. And, you know, and I, I talked to Art, I know you've talked to Art before and uh, he's really busy. They got a lot of stuff coming out this year and and we didn't really tell anybody that we were recording the Poet on Mar record. I just like, we just did it and we didn't talk about it. So I, I presented it to him and, you know, Art, would you still be interested in, in, the, in the band? Obviously we haven't been signed to music in a long time. So, so yeah, so he, you know, he's, he's enthusiastic and we're, he's gonna fit it into the release schedule. Um, but it's, it's, it's been really fun because there's zero surf music on it. It's just as psychedelic as we could possibly be. You know, we wanted to be mid '60s psychedelic influence. So, 
it's just a lot of fun. I, I just, I hope people will, will remember Playa del Mar from that long ago. You know, it's been a long time. And uh, anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's my, that's my bag. So <laughs> just keep writing, keep writing more projects, new projects, whatever. Constantly keep it busy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I know it's, uh, I just, I think after this, the, these COVID times, I mean, I think there's going to be a huge amount of art coming out, whether it's music or whatever, but hopefully artists have been woodshedding and, and, you know, just stockpiling songs and stuff. And just so we could have a real creative outburst rather than just like killing our livers and binge watching TV and, yeah. you know, it's funny you say that because I said that to somebody the other day, this, the same thing that I, I think people are just going to come out of their houses and, and there's just going to be this huge explosion of people out with art and music and uh, yeah. movies. And it's just going to be like, a, I, I don't know, but exactly what you said. I, I said it the other day to somebody. What do you got going on at Pi Records? What do you do over there? Um, well, it's it's um, it's a promotions company, basically, but we podcast. Uh, we just put out our first release on our label. Um, I do a lot of lot, a lot of interviews. We just did our first radio show uh, for the podcast, which has uh, punk, rockabilly, surf, acoustic. I I don't uh, discriminate on that channel or on any of the podcasts who I interview as long as it's music and it's and it's interesting uh but then I have a, a record store I do uh, my wife does promo videos uh for labels and musicians and they send us our their records we play them and then she does a video and um and then we share it on Facebook and we and our YouTube channel so there's there's over you know, there's a there's a couple hundred on there of that, but it's but it's all in, independent bands and labels. It's nothing nothing too huge because it's uh, I I think that just that's just what I wanted our thing to be is is to to be a part and to kind of grow with everybody. So that's kind of what we do. Well, you know I love that the spirit of. of of punk rock and, and grassroots and support has never, has never left. You know, it's always going to be about, uh, it's always going to be about all of us helping each other out, get the word out about the good music. So thank, thank you. Yeah. Th thank you so much. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. It, uh, things may have been different hadn't I found punk rock, but that was definitely, uh, that was definitely, a. Uh, a driving force in my life and it got me back into music and I get to talk to really cool people like you and and hear everybody's story it's um it's really just like going to a show I feel these podcasts are like going to a show and talking about the latest band <laughs> that's kind yeah. of <laughs> yeah well I can't wait till we can actually go back to show so That'll be great. I know we're itching to play. We've got a couple of clubs here in, in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, that are opening up with outdoor venues and and now indoor venues. But you still got to be spaced out. But you know, hopefully we'll we'll get back to it and and like international tours. We were supposed to go to uh, uh, Livorno uh, this summer, you know, for the Surfer Joe Festival, and of course that didn't happen. Yeah. Wait a second, I mean last summer, so not this summer either, but. 
yeah, hopefully we'll all get to go back. And if you've never gone, I hope you go. It's amazing. It's a I great would time. I would love to go because Italy has a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, a lot of surf bands come there. I think it would I think it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, uh, it's a great time. Yeah. It's all right. Like, well, I look forward to meeting you. That would that would be great. Uh, if you guys come to Philly, uh, we're gonna come down and see you. All right. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Hey, Ryan, thanks very much. Okay, great talking to you.